Heavenly Father, I thank you that, you know, we've been talking about this new hope. We've been talking about this hope that comes from you and the newness that has come with the new year. So God, we just want to pray right now that you would speak on us afresh. Father, that you would give us a new word to take with us this morning. And Father, if there's an old word we haven't been listening to, Father, we pray that you give it a new flavor, give it a new perspective, help us see it clearer so that we can pick it up and carry it um, as you grow it in our hearts, Father. I just want to thank you so much for Chris. Thank you so much for the obedience and for the time and for the reflection, for the work that you've been doing in him to prepare this message for him to speak. Father, I'm a solid believer, Father, that the message has to go through the preacher first before it can even come out to the external. So God, we just thank you for the journey that Chris has been on as you prepare this message in him so that he can deliver it in the truest form that you've given it to him. Father, I thank you that your word doesn't return void, but that each and every individual here will receive something from you this morning that they can take with them from this building that will change their lives, that has transformative power. So God, thank you so much for Chris, and we thank you for um, who he is and all that he has to bring this morning. Amen. Thanks, Well, good morning, church family. It's great to be here and be blessed with an opportunity to share. And uh, I'm very grateful for the prayers and the support to be able to bring the message today. My wife is... Uh, doing some kids ministry this morning so when she found out I was preaching she reminded me just take it easy Chris okay keep it under an hour all right I said look no promises but we'll see how we go so today I want to talk about spiritual renewal and the message in in a minute is this a humble heart leads to spiritual renewal okay so I'll leave it there Tash will be happy and we'll call it a morning, yeah? No. We need, to, we need to unpack this. We need to understand more so what is this humble heart? How do we get there? So the heart is at the center of our circulatory system. And I practiced that word at least five or six times because I thought I was going to uh, fumble it, but we got there. So, oh, here's a risk. The circulatory system, which is a network of blood vessels, that delivers blood to every part of our body. Blood carries oxygen and other important nutrients that all the other body organs need to stay healthy and to work properly. And the function of our hearts is to pump enough blood that we have a continuous supply of oxygen and everything else that we need for these organs. So bottom line is we need our hearts to live and to survive. Here's some interesting facts that I discovered while having a look at some of the physical aspects of the human heart. So the average human heart is about the size of an adult fist, yeah? And your heart will beat about 115,000 times a day. The beating sound of your heart is made, or it's caused by the opening and closing of its valves. I never knew that. I was this many years old when I learned that. Each day, your heart pumps about 7,500 litres of blood. And if you were to stretch out all of your blood system, it would extend over 96,000 kilometres. So that's about pretty much from here to Timbuktu. And when you know that laughing is good for your heart, it reduces stress and gives a boost to your immune system. You're welcome. 
while this briefly explains why our hearts are so important to our physical health, what I want to invite us to do today is to start to look at our hearts from a spiritual perspective. So Proverbs 27, chapter 27, verse 19 says, As in water, face reflects face, so the heart of man reflects man. What if I was to tell you that your heart was at the center of your spiritual life? It's the basis of our relationship with God. It starts with our hearts. So I believe this question, the one that I've been asking myself as we enter into a new year, as we start fresh a new day, a crucial starting point is, is my heart right with God today? And I encourage you to ask yourself this as we go through this morning, exploring the Bible and seek to come to know God in a new and a transformational way. The reference to our heart being at the center of our spiritual life uh, are found all throughout the Bible. And our hearts are considered to be far more than just bodily organs, organ. But from a very early on, there's been a problem with the human heart. This is described quite well in the first book of the Bible, Genesis chapter 6, where it says, The Lord saw the wickedness of man was great in the earth, and that every intention of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. The good news is there's always been a solution. There's always been a plan to do something about that. When we read in James chapter 4, verse 10, the, the solution is simple as we started out today. We humble ourselves in the presence of the Lord and he lifts us up in honour. He exalts us to a higher place. He gives us a purpose. When we have an attitude of repentance and insignificance in the presence of the Lord, he lifts us up in honour. And we grab hold of that promise today because there's something we can do about the guilt and the shame that we live in when we have these thoughts and these attentions of evil going through us. What do we do with that? That's what I want to really look at today. Oswald Chambers, he puts it this way. The man or woman who does not know God demands infinite satisfaction from other human beings, which they cannot give. And in the case of the man, he becomes oppressive and cruel. And it springs from this one thing. The human heart must have satisfaction. But there is only one being who can satisfy the last abyss of our human heart. And that is the Lord Jesus Christ. I love these words from a song a worship song written by Casting Crowns that says, Living, he loved me. Dying, he saved me. Buried, he carried my sins far away. Rising, he justified freely forever. One day he's coming, O oh, glorious day. That was, that was the, just pop that in there because for me that's the, the 15 second gospel. If someone wants to know who Jesus is, what he's about, what God has done to bring 
transformation to our hearts, to bring the change that we so desperately need, it's right there. Living, he loved us. Dying, he saved us. Buried, he carried our sins far away. Arising, he justified us freely forever. And one day, he's coming. What a glorious day. So I wonder, friends, are you bursting for the impossible today? Is there a change that you desperately need to start this new year, to get your heart right with God and to step out in full assurance of faith? What about this quote from William Booth? He says, God loves with a great love the man whose heart is bursting with a passion for the impossible. So bring it on today, friends. Let's open our hearts and believe for the impossible. We do need to be cautious, though, and very prayerful as we step into this. Because as God explains in the book of Jeremiah, chapter 17, it says, The heart is deceitful above all things and desperately sick. Who can understand it? I, the Lord, search the heart and test the mind and to give to every man in accordance with his ways, according to the fruits of of his deeds. It's unpacked a little bit further in Mark. What happens? What what is bred in the heart that comes out that we see in, in behaviors and choices and attitudes and in sin, in wrongdoing? Mark says, Far from within, out of the heart of man come evil thoughts, sexual immorality, theft, murder, adultery, jealousy, wickedness, deceit. Envy, slander, foolishness, and pride. All of these evil thoughts, things come from within and they defile us as people. They lead us astray. They lead us away from the plan and purpose God has for our lives. They get in the way of our God-given opportunity to be in right relationship with him and live in an overflow of that. So what can we do about this? This is what I want to focus on today. I want to figure out what do we do with this stuff. Hebrews chapter 10 verse 22 gives us a clear summary. It says, let us draw near. Who are we drawing near to? We're drawing near to God. Draw near to God with a true heart in a full assurance of faith. With our hearts sprinkled clean from an evil conscience and our bodies washed away with pure water. And this is the mystery of faith that we find in Jesus, why he went to the cross. So we could go to God with a full assurance of faith to receive the forgiveness that we need, to have our hearts sprinkled clean. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Bring it on, Sandy. And this is grounded in some promises that God's given us right throughout the Bible. I'm going to focus on two occasions in the Old Testament where He shares this word for us through his messengers or prophets as as they are called who were tasked with bringing the word to the people, to carrying God's message to them at the time they needed it most. So we first hear it in Jeremiah chapter 31. The days are coming, declares the Lord, and I'll make a new covenant. I'll make a new agreement with the people of Israel and the people of Judah. And we know now through Jesus that carries on, that extends to us, to all people. And it will not be like the covenant that I made with their ancestors when I took them by the hand to lead them out of Jesus, 
uh, out of Egypt. Because they broke my covenant, although I was a husband to them, declares the Lord. But this is the covenant that I will make with the people of Israel after that time, declares the Lord. I'll put my law in their minds and write it on their hearts. I will be their God and they will be my people. In other words, we will be children of God. We will have God's law written on our hearts and in our minds. The battle that we have is following and leading and being obedient to God and not our own sinful desires. And this is a battle that we don't overcome by ourselves. As we kicked off in that worship, the day of victory comes when we ask Jesus to step into that place of battle for us, when we come to believe that he is with us and for us and he's won that victory on the cross. No longer will they teach their neighbor or say to one another, know the Lord, because they will all know me from the least of them to the greatest, declares the Lord. For I will forgive their wickedness and remember their sins no more. It's the ongoing promise that we have. Come to the Lord. There will be forgiveness. Simon, you put it really well. It was a good, good lead in there. We first have to realize we have to come to a place of admission. When thinking about the future, most of us create dreams in which we're needed and we're loved, we're successful and sought after. We don't usually hope for deep sorrow, thankless service or persecution, particularly at the hands of those who we care about. But as I was reminded recently by my dear mother-in-law, this is the call to the Christian life. I wonder what our lives would look like if that shaped our perception of the world around us and of our own circumstances as we step into 2022. When God called him, Jeremiah probably had hope that his ministry would inspire the recovery of his people. His hopes for success never became a reality. Jeremiah faithfully warned the people of the sure punishment that would come because of the sin, because of the wrongdoing that was sitting in their hearts, that was leading their lives. But the people ignored his passionate pleas. Instead of admitting their sins and shortcomings, they rejected him. They imprisoned him and they humiliated God's messenger. Virtually no one responded to the messages that Jeremiah shared. No one wanted to hear him. So I want to encourage you today, friends, when you share your faith, when you step out and you give an invitation to someone to come to know Jesus, don't be surprised. Don't be shocked when people reject that message, when they reject that invitation to receive forgiveness and to, come and to be cleansed of that stuff that sits in our hearts. Don't be surprised when people don't want to have a relationship with God, when they do not want to come to know Jesus. But don't give up sharing the message. Carry the message. Invite. God never gives up on his people, and neither should we. Despite this fact, 
God still gives this promise. He still shares it with us and invites us to receive it. And here again in Ezekiel, we hear this promise being given to God's people, to us, still to this day. Therefore, give the people of Israel this message from the sovereign Lord. I'm bringing you back. It's not because you deserve it. I'm doing it to protect my holy name on which you brought shame while you scattered among the nations. I will show you how holy my name is, the name on which you brought shame among the nations. And when I reveal my holiness through you before their very eyes, says the sovereign Lord, and then the nations will know that I am the Lord. For I'll gather you up from all the nations and bring you home again to your own land. And then I'll sprinkle clean water on you and you will be clean. Your filth will be washed away and you will no longer worship idols. You no longer uh, will no longer put things before God. And I will give you a new heart and I'll put a new spirit in you. It's the promise today that the message today sprung from this one verse right here that God promises to give us a new heart and put a new spirit in us. He'll take out the stony, stubborn heart and give us a tender and responsive heart. And I'll put my spirit in you so that you will follow in my decrees and be careful to obey my regulations, not because you have to, but because You'll want to. That's the tender, responsive heart that God wants to give us. That we will follow him because we want to, not because we have to, not because we're trying to earn his love and forgiveness, but because we want to respond to all the grace and mercy that he's given to us. God called Ezekiel to confront and to comfort his people. Discouragement, despair, disillusionment, they're just some of the feelings that were experienced by the people that Ezekiel ministered to. Ezekiel was deported or exiled, sent away from his homeland with the other people of Israel at that time, the Jews. They all got sent to Babylonia. The Babylonians come in, they conquered, they took them into captivity and they ruled their land. So he went there about 10 years before the whole city of Jerusalem was destroyed. And when we look at this time frame here, both Jeremiah and Ezekiel, they seem to have been around in a close proximity of each other. I never realized this until I started looking at the two books side by side. Jeremiah was calling his people to turn from their sin and to turn back to God before the exile, before the capture of their city. And he witnessed the fall and the destruction of Jerusalem firsthand. Ezekiel was among those people that were sent away and were living in captivity under the Babylonian rule before and when Jerusalem was destroyed and afterwards, of course. But check out this history for yourself. It's quite interesting. Daniel and uh, his three, three friends, uh, Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego, they're also they're in there. It's, a, it's an important and special part of the history where God revealed more and more to us. Our hope is lost. That's what the people 
who were exiled must have been saying to each other. And from a human point of view, that statement was true. But if they'd listened to the messages the Lord was trying to give them, they would have hope in the Lord and look forward in anticipation to what was to come. Are we hearing this message today, friends? Are we looking forward in anticipation to what is coming, into what God wants to do in your life today and in this year to come? Jeremiah shared the same promise that Ezekiel gave. Then I'll give them a heart to know me, that I am the Lord and they will be my people. And I will be their God. We belong to a family. Let's never forget that. We belong to God's family. We're his children. Now these verses that I've shared about God's promises given in Jeremiah and Ezekiel, and they're echoed in Ezekiel, they're written after the destruction of Jerusalem and they're filled with hope. There's an underpinning of, of God's hope nestled all through there for all of God's people who are broken. And if we're in a place wondering, how is God going to restore my life? How is there going to be a spiritual renewal in my life today? This is where I'm at. I never would have imagined that I'm going to be here, but this is where I want to be. I believe God can bridge that gap that we have in our realities sometimes. When the people could no longer deny their sins after the city was destroyed, after it went to the rock, rock bottom, then they turned to God for help. And God never turned them away. He promised to give them a future restoration and peace. I want to encourage you today, it doesn't have to get to rock bottom before you turn back to the Lord for that stuff that's in your heart that's leading you away from Him. You don't have to wait till it gets worse. We can do something about that each and every day when we go straight to the Lord. Jeremiah spoke about a new covenant, a new agreement that God would make with His people. Covenant that He's made with us. It's not written on stones, but on our hearts and our minds. Remember, a stony heart is a hard one. It doesn't receive God's word, and it doesn't nurture spiritual growth. If the word of God isn't transforming your life, friends, maybe it's our hearts that are at the problem of that. The word can't take a deep root in our hearts and start to transform our lives from the inside out. That's what the Holy Spirit will do will make us aware of this stuff that we may not even know is on our hearts. He'll reveal it to us and give us what we need to do something about that. We've been given a heart and mind to know God and to seek Him, an opportunity to receive a new and responsive heart. Let's step into 2022 with that, friends, a heart of response to what the Lord wants to do in our lives. In Proverbs chapter 3, it says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart, lean not on your own understanding, and in all your ways submit to Him, and He will make your path straight. We may think we have a hundred ways to get to where we think we need to get to, but God has a way to make our path straight, to get us there in His will and in His time. And as I've come to learn, that's always what's best for my life. When Jeremiah had written to the people, he shared two key points. 
that they would be in Babylon for over 70 years and that God's thoughts towards them were of peace and not of evil. Remember the great promise we have in Jeremiah that God has a plan and a purpose for our lives. And on those days when we can't understand or think how God's going to do something good with what we're going through, remember this promise. Now, as the book of Ezekiel begins, and I struggled with this. I, I was reading through Ezekiel and I had no idea what it was talking about. It didn't make any sense to me. And I was praying and saying, God, help me understand what am I reading? Why are you bringing me here to share a message with our church family today? And it wasn't until I saw the verse where he promised to give us a new heart and put a new spirit in us, his spirit, that I understood, okay, I am where God wants me to be. See, when the book of Ezekiel begins, one hope for the exiles remained. The Jerusalem was still standing and there was a hope that the holy city and the temple, the place where they would meet with God, where God was dwelling, where they would draw close to him. They had a hope that that would be spared. But the people, they were in a denial. They assumed that God's presence in the temple would be enough to protect Jerusalem. They failed to realize that there was no escape from the painful consequences of their own sins. And during this time of false hope, God called Ezekiel to proclaim Jerusalem's destruction was certain, that the people needed to realize their sins, that they had consequences, and that there was still time to repent. There was time to admit what those things were and to turn away from them, to stop doing them, to stop living in them. And this is, I think for us, the confrontational part of reading God's word. When it forces us to look at ourselves and to look at the things that are going on in our lives and in our hearts. And I want to tell you, friends, when someone brings this stuff to you, brings some things that they notice, that they see or they hear, and they bring in love and respect, they point those things out. It's not for your harm. It's because they love and care about you. They don't want to see the consequences of that stuff get worse to come to a a bad fruition. They want to bring you in love and joy back to the Lord. And that's one of the things that we work through when we hear this stuff, when we hear the defenses coming up in our heart. That's where I especially want to encourage you. Push through and know that God loves you and he's calling you home. There's no need to put up those walls anymore. We can bring that stuff and leave it at the cross. God gave the land of Israel to his people as a part of what's called the, and this is another word I practiced a while, I don't know if I'll get it, but the Abrahamic covenant. And you can read about that one for yourself in Genesis. But basically what it was that they were given a promised land and Um, that settled their ownership of the land, but their possession and enjoyment of the land depended on ongoing faith and obedience. So if we wonder why is my life getting so far off track, maybe because 
I've turned away from the Lord in an area of my life and I'm headed in my own direction and it's no longer working the way that it used to. And this is especially encouraging for those of us that have been walking a journey for a little while with the Lord, wondering, how do I get back on track? Or maybe you're just new to this going, mate, I only want to go straight. I only want to go straight towards what the Lord has in store for me. Hold on to this stuff. It's a, as, as we love to say in the fellowship, it's a simple program for complicated people. How complicated is the human heart and the life that we live? But God tries in every way to make it really simple for us. A humble heart, follow in his ways, follow in obedience. How to live that out? That's a daily practice. That takes ongoing humility to return to the Lord and ask for his help and his presence in our life every day. That takes a community of faith to walk with. It takes an outpouring of not just having our faith, but living it out to serve, to give back, to carry the message to others, to allow God's word to transform our lives. So uh, we enter God's family. How do we do that? We trust in the Lord Jesus Christ. We come to believe in what God has done through Jesus And we enjoy being part of God's family by believing in his promises and obeying his will. If I want to know what his promises are, I need to search his word in the Bible. I need to allow that to be what's meditating on my heart and my mind. That's our only hope of coming to know God and allowing his presence in our life to transform us. As it's described in Romans chapter 10, For with the heart one believes and is justified, and with the mouth one confesses and is saved. And this may not be where you're at today. You may be just exploring what is this stuff all about? What does a relationship with God look like? And if you you are going, you know what, I want to get started on this journey. I want to know more. I just want to quickly, uh, before we head towards a close, I want to share the, the ABCs of salvation. I like to keep it really simple. I try and teach um, from a very simple perspective because that's what I need in my life. And just as much as I've shared anything in this message with each of you, I, I believe this is where I needed to be. This is where God wants my life to be, to remind me to work through. So the ABCs of salvation, and this may be for yourself or maybe someone that you want to lead into entering a relationship with our Heavenly Father, being saved from all that wrongdoing and that stuff that blackens our hearts. We ask God to search our heart and reveal any areas of our life that are not right with Him. Believe me, if you seek God and you ask Him to reveal what those things are and you're ready to do something about that, He will gently and lovingly welcome us home. We admit these things. We repent of it. We turn away. We don't just admit it and say, okay, I'll keep doing it again tomorrow. We turn away from it. We say, I don't want this a part of my life. And when it comes up again, because believe me, it will and it does, we keep going back to the Lord. We, we don't try and keep making that work because it will never work. And we respond. This is, this is the crucial part about coming to believe. It's responding and receiving. The key here is receiving God's gracious provision of forgiveness and restoration 
through Jesus. And when we receive Jesus into our life, that's when a fresh outpouring of the Holy Spirit, His ongoing presence in our life will come. And that's what will result in a new and obedient and responsive heart. It's God's Spirit within us when we confess Jesus as Lord and Saviour in our lives. For some of us, it's a renewal of that commitment on a daily basis. So, I want to ask you today, are we still relying on a decision made a long time ago to receive Jesus into our life, to receive his forgiveness, but we're no longer following him, we're no longer looking in that way, we're no longer surrendered in a particular area of our life. Let us take time, let us make intentional time today as we start this year out to ask God to search our heart and to make this known to us so we can respond, so we can receive his grace and his mercy and his transformational love. To land this today, friends, I want to share with you the vision of dry bones coming to life given to Ezekiel. And this is what was given to the people of Israel that was given them the hope for a new life of those circumstances that they were in. And it can encourage us greatly to this day. God would do the impossible, and he still does. He still will. He leads his people back home and rebuilds the nation from a state of ruin. He will bring you home and rebuild your life from a state of ruin, no matter how far away from him you've ever been. He will bring you home. He's calling us into that same promise today, friends. He will restore your life. He will renew your heart and he will put a new spirit in you. The Lord took a hold of me and I was carried away by the spirit of the Lord to a valley filled with bones. He led me around among the bones that covered the valley floor and they were scattered everywhere across the ground and they were completely dried out. And then he asked me, son of man, can these bones become living people again? O sovereign Lord, I replied, you alone know the answer to that. And then he said to me, speak a prophetic message to these bones and say, dry bones, listen to the word of the Lord. This is what the sovereign Lord says. Look, I'm going to put breath into you and make you live again. I'll put flesh and muscles on you and cover you with skin. I'll put breath into you and you will come back to life. Then you will know that I am the Lord. So I spoke this message just as he had told me. Suddenly, as I spoke, there was a rattling noise all across the valley. The the bones of each body came together and attached themselves to complete skeletons. And then I watched Muscles muscles and flesh formed over the bones. Then skin formed to cover their bodies, but they still had no breath in them. And then he said to me, speak a prophetic message to the wind, son of man. Speak a prophetic message and say, this is what the sovereign Lord says. O breath, come from the four winds, breathe into these dead bodies so that they may live again. And so I spoke the message as he commanded me, 
and he breathed and breath came into their bodies. And they all came to life and they stood up on their feet, a great army. And then he said to me, son of man, these bones represent the people of Israel. They are saying, we have become old, dry bones. All our hope is gone. Our nation is finished. And therefore prophesy to them and say, this is what the sovereign Lord says. O my people, I will open your graves of exile and I'll cause you to rise again. Then I'll bring you back to the land of Israel. And when this happens, O my people, you will know that I am the Lord and I will put my spirit in you and you will live again and return home to your own land. Then you will know that I, the Lord, have spoken and I have done what I said. Yes, the Lord has spoken. It's my prayer that the Spirit of God could speak life into your heart today through that message. It's my prayer today. The prayer for, for, for myself and for this year is going to be based on Psalm 51.10. And I invite you to join me in with that. It says, Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. And as we invite the worship team to lead us this morning, let us be renewed in our spiritual life. Let us be renewed in our relationship with God by humbling our hearts to our Lord and Saviour Jesus Christ and begin to receive everything we need to walk in and follow in his will for our lives. Today, and as we step into a new year, may God bless you each and keep you in Jesus' name. Amen.